Oh, and we are live. Welcome back to episode 15. Fucking Christ, episode 15 of the Tim King Show, baby. Thank you so much for those of you who've been here since episode one. We are rolling on this mission. And tonight, tonight we got a double header live right here on the Tim King Show. Brought to you by the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And if you didn't know by now, where the fuck have you been? Have you been living under a rock? Because we are live on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, whether it be YouTube, all major audio platforms, all major social media. We're live. The Bloodline Entertainment Network is live. Sports, wrestling, entertainment shows. We live. And tonight again, Tim King, me, the Tim King Show. We live tonight for a doubleheader. First, I'm here to talk wrestling. I got a couple of my boys in the house. I'm going to bring them in shortly. Then we got a huge night on Roto Slappers. Me and Streets are throwing down. We are doing a 2020s rookie fantasy football draft. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, T-Law, Justin Fields, Herbert, Hurts. Who going to go first? Tune in tonight right after this show. But on this show, like I said, I got a couple of very special guests. I got my usual boys. I got another guest in the house. But tonight is going to be like a battle royal, so to speak. And I'll talk about that momentarily. But first, let me bring in my guests. As usual, always joining me, my brothers, the in-time wrestling brothers of podcast and destruction, Justin, Jeremy, throw your ones up, throw your two sweets up. I did a backwards. But throw them up, baby. Hit me with them. Yep. Hit me with them. Loosen them shoulders up to do this right here, my guy. What's going on? Oh, I missed you guys on Thursday. Justin had a little special time with Tino over on Tino's time. I said, okay, let's do a little reschedule. It's okay. We got a flexible schedule here on the Tim King Show. And I don't want to do a show without my boys. And here we are. But we're not alone. I'm happy. I love doing these shows, dude. My very, very close personal friend, dude, Dylan Bear from the World Elite Podcast. Throw your ones up. My dude, Dylan, what's up, my brother? Not too much, man. I am very excited to be here. The moment you asked me to join, I was fully on board, 100%, man. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro, absolutely. We were just shooting the shit earlier. I said, if you're not doing nothing tonight, join us. But my tribal chief in the house, Devin, Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, our tribal chief, had a great show last night with his brother Hafiz, our brother Hafiz, over on Clark Street. You can find it right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network and, of course, over on the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Throw your ones up for our tribal chief. But, yeah, man, Dylan, we were just chilling, shooting the shit, man. I was like, if you got nothing going on, come on with me in the end time, guys. Like I said, I got a doubleheader tonight. Very specific as far as timing goes. We're going to be out of here like 8.20, 8.25. So we're not going to ramble on too long. As you know, we're long-winded as to do, which is why we're not going to be topic-specific driven. I got topics, but I'm going to let the boys decide what we're going to talk about. I'm going to lay it out there, and I'm going to let them choose, and then we're going to pass it around the table. And before we start that, Dom, what's up, Top Rope Wrestling Talk? Find it exclusively right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Great show last night with Grandma Wendy. Throw your ones up for Dom. Happy belated birthday to the South Philly Psycho last night, man. Thanks for tuning in, my brother. But guys, like I said, it's like a battle royal of topics. And we'll just pass it around and and talk about it. Dylan, you're the guest of honor. You're going to pick the topic, and then you're going to speak on that topic, all right? 
So here are the topics for the evening. We got Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn against the Bloodline. We got the potential triple threat. Whoa, let's try that again. Damn. Whoa. Damn. Wow. Okay, TK. That never, that like, never happens to me. Damn. I got to, like, take a bit, unwind a little bit. Damn. The potential triple threat match between Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. MJF and where that feud's going. The House of Black. Boys, we wanted it. And boys, we got it. And boys, we got a big fucking triple threat match coming up in Winnipeg on Dynamite this week. Another thing we wanted. Powerhouse hubs. But did we like the way we got it? But did we like the way we got it? All right. Ricky Starks versus the Bullet Club. Is Jay White coming to AEW? Mm -hmm, That's juicy. Damage control. Becky Lita Trish. Why the fuck is BCC and Dark Order still a thing? And the AEW women's five-on-five was going to happen. So, Dylan, I ran them down to you. Pick a topic, talk about it, and pass it along. So let's start off with one of my favorite matches from Revolution. And I didn't expect it to happen, but let's go House of Black. That trios match was fucking fantastic. I got to start with that one. It was such a fantastic match. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Talk about it. Yeah. Hit it. Man. Uh, so we did our little uh, live stream, me and Marcus. We talked about Revolution, predicted the entire card. And, you know, I told him on our last stream I wasn't going to toot my own horn, but I predicted the entire uh, card correctly. And even though I love the Elite, I love the Bucks, I love Kenny. I mean, this was time for the House of Black to do it. And, and my reasoning behind it was because I wanted the House of Black to be Trio's champions, but I also wanted the Bucks to go back into the tag team scene. And I want Kenny to go back into a single scene, maybe even go after the world championship again. I loved him as AEW world champion. But man, that match was absolutely fantastic. That spot with uh, Nick Jackson that took a knee to the face and then Julia Hart caught a V-trigger. Man, that match was just, like I said, it was fantastic. It absolutely exceeded my expectations. I, I just love the outcome. And I hope they carry the championships for a very long time. I hope they're not going to play hot potato like they do with the TNT championship. I know we'll talk about that, but it was awesome. Good, bro. Great topic. As I've screamed from the rooftops, I would have walked out on my motherfucking house. I would have walked out of my kids, walked out on the live stream I was hosting, watched out on everybody. I was out if the House of Black didn't win. So this man right here was more than excited. And the fact is, then we got continuation in a build on Dynamite. This triple threat is going to bang in Winnipeg. We got the House of Black. We got the Elite with Kenny in the Bucks. And we got Jericho, Danny, and Sammy representing Jericho Appreciation Society. That is going to be a lot of fun. Dylan, who's winning that match? You got House of Black. Yeah, House of Black's going to retain, you know, I would say they just won, so no reason to pull it off. But, I mean, I could say the same for Wardlow, just won the TNT title, but they pulled it off of him as well. So anything's possible when it comes to Tony Khan, but I think House of Black retains. Love it. Love it, brother. Boys, you were right there with me. Before we go to you, I just want to hit the chat really quick. Chat's popping already. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Nick, Universal Wrestling Podcast, my partner. What's good? Throw your ones up for Nick and my boy. The Nero Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Keep them ones up. And keep them ones up for broke-ass time in the future, my man. I will salute you. Have my sip. 
Mm. Mm. And a good set for you, my man. Let's see what else we got. Graydon, Ben Buster, my guy. Keep your one up for Graydon. Jordan, Worldly Late Podcast. So keep your one up for Jordan. Hope you're doing well, kid. And uh, my dudes, you got your one up. I'm going to keep my one up. I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. But I'm going to keep my one up. And I appreciate you tuning in for sure. Damn it. One more time. Faction cast. KPG. Guy, you're all over our channel. I love you, KPG. Ah. Ah. Oh, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh. Boys, Jeremy, go first. Uh, the, the match itself at Revolution was fantastic. I had, I had no doubts in my mind that the match itself was going to be fantastic as it was. And uh, the fact that we actually got the House of Black winning like they really realistically should have is great. House of Black has been irrelevant for too long, and giving them something to do is just a, a, a breath of fresh air overall. The, the stuff that we got on Dynamite, I'm I, I'm really worried. I'm really worried just because we're in Canada, they're going to give it to Jericho. But I'm, I'm going to keep my hopes up that they don't and they give it to House of Black to retain. I hope everyone's looking at this video-wise because you're seeing me giving him that eye. That <laughs> self. Don't you fucking put that bad juju out there, I swear. <laughs> Justin, what about you, brother? Dude. Fantastic match. I was absolutely just all over the freaking place this entire time for that match. When they hit that first Dante's Inferno, I go, it's got to be over. This is going to be it. And the Elite broke it up. And I go, shit. They're probably going to retain now. And it started to look that way. And I'm like, oh, no. We're really going to freaking get the elite retaining. This is going to suck so bad. Like, I'm going to join Tim. We're going to walk out completely. And just be like, tell me when it's over. Just tell me when it's over. But they won. Like, the minute Buddy hit that fucking knee, dude, I jumped out of the seat just screaming. Like, hit the fucking move and pin him. Hit the fucking move and pin him. That's all I'm screaming the entire time. They nail it and win the freaking titles. And I'm just like, I went on a rant on your show, literally said, give House of Black the titles. And they did. Holla fucking Louia, dude. Finally, stop. Like, don't waste the House of Black anymore. This is your opportunity to finally start doing something with them. And you finally pulled the fucking trigger and said, great. This could be the start of some brand new stuff for the House of Black. And that is what we are getting, hopefully. Let's keep it this way. Do not, just because we're in Canada, put the titles on Jericho. Oh, and fuck no. Hell no. No, no. I was, Ivan was here. I haven't played the clip. No, no, no. Hell no, dude. No way. Absolutely fucking not. But no, they were chiseled out of stone. They were brought back. They have looked fantastic. They got the belts. The nine men in this ring on Dynamite coming up, the talent in that ring is ridiculous. From House of Black to Kenny and the Bucks to Jericho, Danny, and Sammy, just ridiculous talent. I can't wait to see going forward. I wouldn't mind a longer feud between House of Black and Jericho Appreciation Society. That wouldn't be so bad. House of Black retains, obviously. Jeremy, pick a topic. Do you remember them or do you want me to uh, say them again? No, I, I, I have the topic that we want to go to. We're going to stay with AEW. We might as well talk about Hobbs. 
and him winning the TNT Championship. Um, finally, I'll just start off by saying that, finally, Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hops is doing something. But, I, me personally, I don't like the way they went about it. The fact that they are doing this feud and giving QT Marshall, of all people, something to do alongside of Hobbs instead of giving Hobbs the main spotlight irks me, like greatly annoys me because we've been wanting Hobbs to get his own spotlight. And then the moment he's about to, they're like, okay, let's, let's, let's like, uh, let's split up the spotlight between you and QT Marshall because QT Marshall is worth the TV time apparently. And just even like, I, I hate to be nitpicky as well, but the spot off the stage looked really lame. It did. It looked really lame. But again, it doesn't deter any sort of excitement or happiness towards Hobbs. He deserves everything that he's getting right now. Yeah, man. Love it. Justin? Yeah, I, I was so 50-50 on it. Like, I was happy as hell Hobbs won the title because it's like we talked about wanting to see Hobbs win the title and we got it. But there was so many just negatives attached to it, like more hot potatoing the TNT title. Why the fuck did we even bother putting it on Wardlow if you were going to immediately take it off him? Like you could have just kept it on Joe and had Wardlow beat Joe because at least then it would have been like a little bit longer than just going, okay, we just put it on Wardlow. He held it for four and a half seconds and lost the title. There you go. Like this title is like, cursed right now it's just all over nobody has like we haven't had a decent reign in a long time here like what the hell's going on here like i heard somebody compare this title to the 24 7 title and i'm starting to kind of believe it here because like it has been back and forth so much and it's like we all got excited because hobbs is finally gonna get a title but it had so much attached to it. And then, like my brother just said, now the QT's involved with it. You know, like, it just, there was so much stuff that didn't need to be attached to it that just kind of, like, felt like it depleted Hobbs's win a little bit. It just felt so weird. Like, I was like, yes, Hobbs wins. But now, like, I've been saying Wardlow's moving on to probably a mini feud with MJF. But what the hell are you going to do now? How the hell do you get Wardlow to a mini feud with MJF now after just saying, fuck it, thanks for winning that title back, we'll take it from you now. Like, it's not any momentum giving for Wardlow. That's taking it all away again. Like, I don't get what we're doing with Wardlow. QT Marshall doesn't freaking interest me in the slightest bit. Like, I want to see Hobbs doing his thing. I really like Powerhouse Hobbs basically because of when I seen him the first time and I heard that story, they always told about it, how he sacrificed, how his brother sacrificed himself and took a bullet for him so he could live out his dream. And I'm like, dude, that fucking story is incredible. Like, how can you not root for this guy? But it's like, I don't need anybody else invading in his spotlight right now. This should be all about Hobbs right now. 
But it's all just everybody's focus is on everything else around it. Why is QT here? What the hell's going to happen with Wardlow? Why is the TNT title getting passed around like a freaking two dollar whore? Like <laughs> no one knows anymore. Yeah, man. No, preach, bro. You're not wrong. Uh, a couple of shout outs to the chat. Bakley, Cage My IQ just was on the New Japan Pro Wrestling Weekly show with me and Ivan like a couple hours ago. Awesome show right here on the Bloodline Network. Check it out. KPG said he cried like a proud father when Hobbs won. He's glad that they're putting <laughs> some young pillars over and they really focused on the future. Yep, they sure did. Streets in the house was good. Like I said, 8.30 Central Standard Time. Join us. There are your ones up for streets. What's up, my dude? And Graydon says Miro should come back and claim his title. I'd love a Miro and Hobbs feud that would be really dope. Dylan, what's your take on the whole thing? So there's some good, some bad when it comes to the situation. You know, obviously, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs has has deserved his spotlight for such a long time. And he, for some reason, has been so overlooked for so long. And finally, he's getting this opportunity to be a champion. And I said earlier that he deserves it. He has been, he's been more than deserving of the spotlight for such a long time, finally getting it. But it just makes me wonder what they do at Wardlow now. I feel... I, for me, I feel like Wardlow is like could be looked at as like a top superstar in AEW and should he should be competing for championships, should be even maybe in line for a world championship. This guy is built and should be looked like a a future star of this company, even though I feel like he already is. But there's no reason to keep on playing hot potato with the championship. And if they were going to put the title on Hobbs, if that was the whole thing, that if he won the Revolution a ladder match, he should have been inserted into the match with Joe and with Wardlow. And should have won it right there at Revolution. Let him get his moment at Revolution rather than getting it in some horrible spot involving QT Marshall. There was no reason for that. So yeah, it's so so while I'm happy that a Powerhouse Hops got his moment, he got that spotlight and finally got a championship around his waist. I just feel like they went about it all the wrong way. You know, I feel like Tony Khan, who's has some reason being voted as the best booker every single year, he booked this absolutely horribly. He should have been added to that triple threat. He should have been in a triple threat with uh, Wardlow and with Joe. It should have got his moment right there instead of doing some horrible angle and pulling it off of Wardlow just a few days after winning it. All right. So this is going to sound kind of wild because I dogged this whole thing going into it. All right. But I think Tony Khan gets an A-plus for how he actually went about booking this thing, dude. And I'm completely disagreeing with all of you, and I'm going to let you know why. First and foremost, War Daddy choking Joe out was dumb as fuck. I didn't agree with that. And at first, I didn't necessarily agree with him beating Joe. If you would have four-banged the power bomb, hit the symphony on him, and let it ride, that would have been a dope moment, all right? And we could have went that way. Go to Dynamite. Wardlow's gear stolen. The belt stolen. I knew right away it was an angle that had Hobbs written all o- over it. Um, and then, boom, the match itself ends up being a street fight. Awesome. Hobbs beating Wardlow and continuing the story the way it did, all it does is continue the story, all right? QT Marshall getting involved just keeps Wardlow strong. QT Marshall helped train Hobbs. It makes total sense. QT Marshall is underrated behind company scenes, in the ring, and as a manager. Jeremy, I fucking see your eyes, okay? He is incredibly underrated in all facets. But you guys are right, and Justin, you're right. I don't need this taking away from Hobbs, and I don't need you know QT taking his shine. But what this all does, and 
One, it makes Wardlow look strong by beating Joe and passing him out. Two, it makes Hobbs now look strong by winning the belt. Three, Hobbs and Wardlow continues to double or nothing, theoretically speaking, where Hobbs goes over Wardlow. Four, Hobbs carries the belt from March, I don't know, 8th to All Out, where he loses to Ricky or Jack Perry, ideally Ricky, and in that case, he holds the belt for five months, making it sustainable, where Ricky gets it and holds it for like nine months until he goes on to win the world title. So this could all set up for big, big, big things for Hobbs, Wardlow, who then, yes, goes on to the next level, Justin, and could have that feud with MJF after this. So for Hobbs, for MJF, and for Ricky in the long run, and for guys like Takeshka, who could have feuds with Hobbs in the intermediate. That's my long-winded speech on it. So I don't necessarily hate it. I mean, I see where you're going with that. Like, yeah, I just wish they'd have done it. I, I wish we'd have stuck with how we were talking about the whole have him interjected, make it a triple threat. I think right. that would have made the story just a little bit. It would have, like, maybe drawn me in a little bit more to the story instead of just, oh, yeah, we just gave it to Wardlow so he could keep it warm for powerhouse Hobbs, like, so QT could show up too, like. Ideally, yes, what Dylan said, what we, you know, and what we said on the show last week, and I'm sure a lot of people said it, we're not taking credit for it, is the way it should have went. Once he won that golden Sonic ring, cashed that bitch in Friday night and said, I'm in that match on Sunday, won that match on Sunday, that's it. Like, it was that easy. But since Tony Khan had to fucking go in a circle with it, I think at the end of the day, the circle might have got us to the right spot. Just a really fucking long way of going about getting there. (laughs) Justin, pick a fucking topic. Okay, so I think I'm going to keep it in AEW. And I think I want to talk about the women's story. I got to talk about it. Oh! So, we... First off, when we got to the... Before we even got to the women's championship match, I thought, again, feud just feels like it's been kind of going nowhere. Anything that they've been doing, it's just been the same thing. Here's a beatdown. Here's an arrival. Here's a beatdown. Here's an arrival. Here's a beatdown. Here's an arrival. So going into the women's title match, I'm like, okay, we talked about Soraya winning and all that stuff like that. But I didn't have a problem with them, you know, going the safe bet having Jamie retain here. They had Ruby turn at the end, and I go, okay, cool, so she made her fucking decision. Now all I need is an explanation. What the hell's going on here? Like, why should I give a shit here? Ruby gives the explanation on Wednesday, and I go, that's all I needed. That's all I needed to hear was this is why. You know, basically she talked about it. Britt is the reason Britt Freaking absolutely got all the shine over me when I came in and had my first title match. Jamie, everything else. You know, Chris Statlander, she talked about everything. And I'm like, this is the explanation I needed right here. But the first thing that she says, the one line that got me thinking here, was when she said, we've been outcasts since the day we walked in. So I immediately got to thinking the entire time, while I'm sitting here, like I do a lot of my like crazy thinking when I'm at work and I'm just passing time and I just do a lot of crazy thinking. And all of a sudden I started saying to myself, is this feud not feel 
like some kind of AWWWE tribalism fucking thing going on here almost. Like it kind of does. And that's the thing that kind of just rubs me the wrong way with the entire thing. Because right now you got three ex-WWE women and three AEW women. Eventually, whenever Jamie and Britt finally find some people. But right now it's originals against ex-WWE women. All I kept thinking about is, is this some fucking stupid AEW's better than them so let's tell this story that way. And that's what kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I'm going, it's, it, it, that's, if that's the case here, that is probably the stupidest thing. That is the literal sticking to the we're better than you, we are at war here thing. So it's almost like this story is for the diehard tribalists that go, AEW is better than WWE. This is our story. We get to freaking shit all over ex-WWE women. Like, if that's the story, that is awful. The first, the other thing I kept thinking about, about this whole thing, is it kind of feels like a backwards narrative. Also, everybody is rooting for Britt and Jamie and whoever the rest of the originals are going to be against the outcasts. But Ruby literally said, we came here to help improve this division. We came here to make this division better. If you think about it here, it's a backwards narrative because Brit's literally saying, hey, if you're not an original, get the fuck out of here. Why are you here? So you have people legitimately rooting for a woman who is saying, no, I don't want to see no growth in this women's division. I just want it to be the originals, and that's it. And I looked at that, and I go, it's an ass-backwards narrative. It's a tribalist freaking story. It's like I was so invested in her description of what she said, and I'm like, yes, this is fucking what I needed. But it just got me thinking that, and I'm like, this if that's the story, oh, that is pettiness. At its finest right there. It just really irked me a little bit. Because it was like. Even like. Because me and him started talking about it last night. And he goes. I wouldn't. I don't expect Tony Khan to be that petty. But if he wants to be petty. Then he'll do it. Like. There was just something about it. That just kind of rubbed me. What would you do. What would you do opposite. Because clearly this. Outsiders versus OG's feud. Is designated for the outsiders versus the OGs. Do you think it's solely because of the pettiness or do you think it's just because he's going back? He does a lot of things WCW did. Do you think he's just going back and just copying the WCW route? He might even be. And if it is, I don't know how well that really attracts people. Cause again, all you're really doing is appealing to your audience, to the, your already developed audience here. You're not develop. You're not bringing anybody else in to give a shit about the story. You're just taking the people that go, "We love you, AEW. Want to see us shit all over some ex WWE people?" Like that just comes off so petty, and that kind of really puts a giant smudge. Okay, so what if, okay, all right, all right, fine. So what if? And I, you know, I've been suggesting suggesting this from the get go. 
What if Thunder Rosa is on that team? Does that change your narrative? That needs, I think that is what can make that feel different. It's got to be something where it can't just be all ex WWE people. Because if it's two other people, if it's going to be a five on five and it ends up being two ex WWE women, you can tell this story is just some tribalistic freaking we're we're better than them. You should root for us. Like, and that's where I'm gonna completely just disengage from the story. You need to completely ja- like completely just bring new elements into it where it says these people are new, but they're not ex WWE people. We're gonna put them in this feud here. And like Thunder right off the bat screams. She should be with Soraya because of her absolute disdain for Brit. Yes. Oh, right there. Oh, you ain't got to tell me. I've said it. <laughs> you guys have heard me say it 500 times on this show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, bro. If you throw Thunder Rosa, Ty Valkyrie on that team, um, that's that's something very different. Like, that's something that, that's non-XWWE. Problem is, everyone wrote for WWE, and even though I just said that, Ty Valkyrie did work for WWE. So, like, that's the thing. You don't correlate her there, but everyone has worked there. So, I get what you're saying. I do. Dylan, let's go to you next. What's your take on everything? Justin said the five-on-five was Jamie winning the right decision. Throw it all into one big fucking ball. So, yeah, Jamie winning was the right decision. You know, I feel like she should be champion for quite some time. She's uh, that name that you can look at as the absolute star of the women's division. Now, this whole thing with... A possible women's five on five. I think it's at, it's just an absolute mess right now. So much is going on. But if if they're gonna go to route going five on five, I think they need to leave Jamie out of it because Jamie should be doing bigger and better things and defending her championship, not being caught in this whole clusterfuck that AEW has going on right now. So there's so much going on with it, and I've said it before. I know Jeremy has said it multiple times, but Soraya has been such a horrible signing, in my opinion, for AEW. She's a forced heel. If 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 you're going to be a heel, you know, being a heel is not just uh, coming out, sticking the finger to the crowd, uh, using your spray paint like you're at a great value NWO. There's no reason for that, you know? If, if you're going to be a heel, you got to cut heel promos. You got to actually be a true heel. It's, it's just not good, in my opinion. So if they're going to go this 5-on-5 route, I say you do it and get it over with because all of these these women involved in here are just destined for something bigger and you got to leave Jamie out of it because she needs to be defending her championship against somebody at this point. You know, don't be caught in this whole mess that AEW has going on. All right. All right. And Dylan, let me ask you, if Thunder Rosa was to come back, would you put her on Brit's side or on Soraya's side? I think you put her on Soraya's side. You know, she's had her, her run-ins with Britt Baker, I mean, so is, you know, uh, so is Ruby. That's why she sided with Soraya. So I think she sides with Soraya as well. You know, it's just that whole run in with Britt. You know, everyone sort of has a kind of a bit of a history with Britt Baker. So I think if someone was to either pick her side or, or go against her, I think more go against her than uh, side with her. That's fair. And Jade Cargill, would you put her on the OG team with Britt to add more star power to the match? Yeah, oh, for sure. Easily. Cool, cool. Dig it. Um, Jeremy, go to you. I'll finish. We'll go to a new topic. And I'll uh, pick the next topic. Well, uh, Jamie Hayter, as much as we predicted for weeks that Soraya was going to win, I, I do believe that Jamie Hayter winning is the right decision. She hasn't really had the most opportunities to defend her titles 
or titles or her title on more than one opportunity. And it feels as, as much as like she's been champion for quite a while, when you think about it, it doesn't really feel like it. So you want to see her more with an opportunity. Um, this, this build, this build is something. All right. Uh, Ruby's description is, um, I, I, it's what I wanted and I also expected, but it's also like if I didn't go into much thinking like my brother did, because he went he went down the rabbit hole. I could I could say right there, he went down down the rabbit hole. But for me, it made me realize that the grand scheme of this whole feud, at least from the heel side, is that they only turned heel because of Britt Baker. That's why. Ruby's first thing she said is that I came in, and Britt Baker was trying to get me out. And the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, Britt Baker is the problem here. <laughs> like, she's, <laughs> she's trying to get Ruby out. She tried to immediately get Soraya out. She's always – it's always about her. Like Ruby said in her promo, it doesn't matter who she's against, the crowd cheers for Britt. It doesn't matter. They so I was just gonna, thank you. I was just gonna ask you, Jeremy. Thank you so much because you segued me to that. So is the problem Britt Baker, or is the problem fickle fucking fans like me and my wife who sit at home on our couch and go to AEW shows and every single time she puts that goddamn finger up, we both go, Dr. Britt Baker, D M. D. So is it her who's the problem or people like me who buy cameos for their wife's birthday in goddamn that three minute cameo she did? She didn't need to go that long. Thank you, Britt. My God. But or is it people like me? Fickle fans. It it could be a little of both, honestly, with how they're with how they're writing it. It could be a little bit of both. It's it's like Ruby saying like, oh, Britt is all about herself, but then the fans are the only one that gives the, like Brit's the only one that gives it has any care for in the fans eyes. Like nobody cares about any other woman other than Britt Baker. It's just, they come out and they're like, Oh yeah. Who are they against? Oh, Britt Baker. And then they do their, their Barney, the dinosaur sing along. <laughs> and <laughs> Yo, to be fair, we cared about Thunder Rosa. All right, we sang the Ruby Soho song big time until we didn't care about her anymore. I guess you could blame Britt in always beating her. We definitely cared about Jamie Hayter, and Tony listened. He put the belt on her. So, I mean, you know, you know, it is what it yeah, is. But, a little bit here and there. but let me ask you, the match right here, I laid it out, all right? The five-on-five, five, DMD, Jamie Hayter, Sheeta, Jade, I got one, two, three, four, five. I got six. Why do I six women on there? Wow, uh, there was a, a typo on my behalf. Anyway, DMD, Hater, Sheeta, and Riho against Soraya, Tony, Ruby, Thunder, and Taya. How do you guys feel about that match? Um, the, the only one for me that really doesn't like fit in is Taya. Because, like, for right now, she's, I don't, there's rumors going around and stuff like that. But I I feel like on such short notice, they would have to really, 
put some effort into making Ty of Valkyrie in this match make any sense whatsoever. And I know that there's some t- there's a lot of time left to build, and they could very well possibly do that. But the story's been a fucking clusterfuck as it is, so it, who knows at this point? But I I could see this being the match overall. I think it makes a lot of sense. But also, uh, also I could see since they brought her up, I could see Statlander in this match. I don't feel I feel like them bringing up Statlander is not for coincidence. It's more the fact like hey, for Statlander, she's still part of the uh, still part of this company. I know she's been out for a while, but I I feel like she's getting ready. She's very close on her way back and I would not be surprised if she's a part of this in some sort of way. See, this is the thing about the whole thing about it though is it's really confusing cuz now you have Willow involved getting involved so how the hell does she fit into this you have again ruby mentioning chris statlander does she get involved you have sky blue yeah now that sky blue was involved like you got so many other women that could get involved in here and it's like i don't know like i said this that's why the story is such a mess right now because it's like or is it good because there's so many different women involved that we could just toss them around and figure out what we want to do with them Justin, what would you do with them? How would you construct this little mess right here? Well, just by your match right there, the way you, the match you have right there. And you got Jade and Willow still and Nyla. You got other women, you know what I'm saying, you could play with. Like, that makes sense. That would make sense minus Taya. But like my brother just said, all you have to do is make sense as to why Taya's in there and you got yourself a match. I'll make sense of it. Hold on, hold on, Justin. I'll make sense of it right now, dude. Here you go. Hold up. I'm going to make sense of it right now. Because open challenge for the TBS championship right now in Winnipeg will be Taya versus Jade. Jade ends up on the OG team. Taya and Jade have this blood feud. It actually gives Jade something to do for the first time ever. Holds Jade over until Stat actually comes back. Then when Stat comes back, she takes the belt off Jade like they've wanted. Jade on the OG, Taya on this side. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people mentioning a certain other name, and if she was involved in this, I'd be freaking ecstatic to see her involved in this. This name? Money? What's the Money? 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 No, money. no, no. Somebody who is from Canada, who a lot of people were saying should be the challenge for Jade. Who's that? Lufisto. Mm. I'm saying have her be the one. And if then, then you can have Jade and Lufisto be the feud. And that way she's not an OG. She's an outsider. Literally. There you go. I dig, I dig any way you get to an extra outsider. Because you're right. I don't want to just see it be 5X WWE versus 5, you know, OG. So get Thunder in there. Get someone else in there. Dylan, what about this is your 5 on 5? How would you go about it? So, I mean, this is a good five on five that you have already typed up here. You know, just, I mean, the only one, you know, we all been mentioning that I'm kind of uncertain of is Taya Valkyrie. You know, we're uh, kind of uncertain on her status with AEW. I know she's leaving impact and whatnot. So, hey, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot, man. It's, it's going to be good, though, nonetheless, whatever they decide to come up with, if they decide to go that route five on five. But I'm, mean, by the way, I was looking right now, it's certainly going to happen. But like I said, the only one uncertain, 
is Taya Valkyrie because we're uncertain of her status where she's going to end up at. She shouldn't go back to NXT. WWE. They, they uh, completely misused her over there. She did well in Impact, but I think that Tony Khan could utilize her better for AEW and, and possibly even bring her over to Ring of Honor and do some work over there as well. Bingo, Bingo Dylan. Loved it. Kill that right there. Cool. It's my turn. This is a topic I want to talk about. I do want to hit WWE, all right? We got time still. But this is a topic I want to talk about. So, so before I do, though, all right, first of all, I'm going to put it on the board just so you can see it. My president, my president just did that killer New Japan show with him. Ivan, what's up? Circle of the base, the professor. My dude, what's going on, brother? Four sexy studs in the house. Nipple mania running wild. Oh, meaty men. Oh, Poor Dylan, he had to fucking read this comment while he's answering the question. Banger mania, throw your ones up for our president for sure. Baby, baby, baby. Uh-oh, Devin, oh, Devin's pulling out the solo. He doesn't, he doesn't like when we get nipple mania, dude. He doesn't like it. Oh, yes, yep. KPG, oh, get us back on track. Pretty Ricky, exactly. My question, and it's on me first, so I'll answer it. I'm going to swing it. Here's the thing. Ricky Starks, he needs a new feud, double or nothing. We don't know where Jay White's going. Will he show up on the ride to WrestleMania? I still probably think so. Will it be in AEW? Ricky Starks, new feud is Bullet Club. Ooh, that was dope. Juice Robinson? Rock hard? Juice Robinson? Who cares? No one fucking cares about rock hard. You know what would be cool? Ricky Starks and Jay White. At double or nothing. So if Rock Hard can lead to fucking Ricky and Jay White at double or nothing, sign me up. Dylan, what do you got? So I'm going to stick to my guns for the last time we did a live stream together, which was quite some time ago. But I still think that Jay White somehow ends up in WWE. It would be nice to see him go to AEW, a possible... I'm uh, just a possible match with Ricky Starks. I think that's just fantastic. But like I said, you know, he he's out of New Japan. I don't know if that means he's out of Bullet Club as well. So there's so much to to discuss here with that. So I'm, I'm uncertain of it, but I would like to see him go to WWE. I think Triple H can do some st- uh, some some cool stuff with him over there. Vince uh, kind of helping out with creative over there. I don't know how that'll work with Jay White, but I don't know. Nonetheless, I think wherever he goes, in, he's going to do fantastic. But Ricky Starks, Jay White would be an absolute killer. I would love to see it. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Jeremy. Uh, I I agree with Dylan. I still think that Jay White goes to WWE. It I I don't I just don't see, especially with his departure from New Japan and the whole thing that happened with David Finley. It's like all the other things that goes on with the Bullet Club. Every time a Bullet Club leader leaves, another one takes his place, and with all all like signs leads to David Finley taking his place. So it wouldn't really make any sense to have Jay White then debut with the bullet club theme. It just wouldn't really make any sense in like kayfabe standpoint because he just got all in all terms. He just got kicked out of the bullet club by David Finley. So I it would make more sense for him to go to WWE than having to like re rewrite the caveat like oh he didn't get kicked out completely but it, it would just it would just make more sense if he showed up in WWE but Ricky Stars and Jay White that match would slap that match would be incredible 
Hell yeah, baby. Bangers and slappers. And yes, it no, 110%. David Finley is the new. Okay. 95% David Finley is the new leader of the Bullet Club. David Finley is entrenched in Bullet Club with Gato by his side. Gato has only mad, managed Okada, Jay White, and now David Finley. So, yes, Finley is basically the leader of the Bullet Club. As Bakley said earlier, Fale and Chase Owen said he was voted in. Well, there you fucking have it. So, all right, you're, you're probably right. But this idea got me rock hard. Justin. <laughs> so, first off, you give me this matchup right here, you better get the IV and start pumping that shit into me because I want that. I want that. I thought that man was going to freaking show up on Wednesday when that Bullet Club music hit. I thought that was Jay White. But no, it was Juice Robinson, which I was just like, okay, that's what's next for Ricky. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Like, I felt the same way, bro. Trust me. I did. I was just like, it was like, yeah. It was very right. disappointing, dude, because I thought Jay White was there on the paper show after the pay per view. I was like, oh. Yeah, I. Juice <laughs> fucking Robinson. What? <laughs> I would rather it be like Chase Owens. At least it would have been his debut or some shit. And no one. Yeah. It's always <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus, fuck. I dragged down ELP. I would have fucking loved an El Fantasma Ricky Starks match. Oh well, I that, would get, that, that would dude. get people Boston the charisma inside of you that. Match. Nipple, you want some nipple mania? You got freaking ELP and Ricky. You freaking oh. hard in every freaking place. Give J-Man what he wants. Is it up, baby? Hell yeah. Yo, shout out to Brian Cook. What's up, Brian? I forgot to shout you back out earlier, man. We were talking. Brian, Ricky Starks, Jay White, take my money. Brian, thanks for being here, brother. Really, really appreciate it, my dude. I still, I, I, I'm still on the opposite side of the fence here. I still honestly believe Jay White is going to AEW. I don't know what it is. I'm so locked into Jay going there because he has so many people that associate with him that he goes there and there it is. Like, yeah, we know he's not going to do much right off the bat. And, you know, we want to see him in WWE. But I have a feeling he's just going to end up in AEW because that's your closest way to still somehow have an association with New Japan is with AEW right now. So, to be honest with you, I would be all for this. But right now you got Ricky kind of getting a lot of momentum here. And you're going to bring in Jay White and absolutely stop that momentum. That's my issue here. Like... That's a hard situation to kind of put it in when you're kind of trying to build Ricky, but you're going to put that roadblock in there as Jay White, where you're putting it as Jay has to get a win right off the bat. But you're still trying to build Ricky. <laughs> there he is. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I need that. I need that clip right now. It is exciting. I, I got to get with my clip game for sure. Devin, AEW sucks. Jay White's going to WWE. I mean, I'm going to say AEW sucks, but I think I too think if you're going to ask me, like if I had to bet money on it, I would bet Jay White goes to WWE for sure. I think he does go to WWE. 
I, I still mm-hmm. think he's going to AEW. There's just something about it. Like everybody's all locked in on WWE for Jay White, but I just see it because he's got Kenny, he's got the Bucks, he's got all his access to New Japan still somehow. Juice is there. Like he's got so many more resources. Bullet Club wise, Adam Cole's there. Like he's got so much more resources, Bullet Club wise, there than he does in WWE. And it's just like, can he even though he left New Japan? Like, I think this is his way to still kind of get back in there. All right. All right. Let's see. All right. We're going to Dylan's back on, on board. I'm going to call out the topics one more time. So why go to the minor leagues, AEW, when you go play in the majors, WWE? Yeah, no, Streets ain't wrong. He understands. Same thing with Kenny Omega. I mean, he started his own company. He still, in order to need to be the big fish, he need to go win the big title or at least go, like, win an intercontinental title or something. Like, go wrestle at a WrestleMania or some shit, dude. Yeah, I'm saying, give me Jay White in WWE, I will fucking mark out like a maniac. Absolutely. No, I know. I know. And I... I'll take Jay White in AEW if Tony books him right. Problem is, I got a feeling he's going to be in that island of irrelevancy far, far too much. But, Dylan, topics is back to you. I'm going to name them off really quick. We're in the Battle Royal. I think we only got like five left. Let's see what we got. We got some WWE if you want to go there for our tribal chief. We can talk about the orgasmic, orgasmic ending of Raw, which was Jay bonding with his brother again and turning on Sammy. And Cody making the save. I got double goosebumps. My God. Cody and Sammy against the bloodline. The awesome triple threat scenario. Or is it over on SmackDown with Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus? We still got MJF and AEW in his future title or his current title run and future plans. Damage control versus Becky, Lita, and Trish. Six women? Why are they wasting the tag belts there then? BCC and Dark Order, that's still a fucking thing. And the WrestleMania card. How are we feeling? So pick a topic, start to talk about it. All right. So let's make our tribal chief happy. Let's talk some WWE and let's talk that, that fantastic ending of Monday night raw, man. That was so good. I said it on my Twitter, you know, I said it even for the Royal rumble. This was the greatest absolute storyline that WWE or even anything in professional wrestling has put on in recent memory. This thing deserved an Emmy. It was that damn good. And and thing is, it's, it's not even over yet. So I feel like it's only going to get better from here on out. But what I want to know is, is when are they going to insert KO into this whole equation? You know, uh, Cody Rhodes constantly coming off of the save. He's obviously not going to pull double duty for WrestleMania and team with Sammy and going against the Uso. So you got to factor in KO at some point if you want to start a solid buildup going into WrestleMania. And, and, and we kind of all predicted it was going to main event night one be uh, KO and Sammy against the Usos for the tag titles. And that means that KO and Sammy would finally take them uh, from the Usos. And then night two would be the one where Cody dethroned, uh, of course, the tribal chief. So it's it's a lot to unpack with this. You know, it's an amazing storyline. Like I just said, it's, it's one of the greatest in recent memory that anything in professional wrestling has put on. And in quite some time, it deserves an absolute, absolute friggin' award, man. It's that damn good. But I just want to know when they're going to factor in KO. 
it, it has to happen at some point. Cody Rhodes has to factor, has a focus more on Roman than anything, and he's focusing more on helping out Sammy against the Usos. So KO has to come in at some point, but I feel like it's all going to come together at some point. Cause we all saw uh, Cody Rhodes talking to Kevin Owens backstage when Elias and Rick Boogs were doing their own thing. It was happening in the back. So I feel like at some point it was, it's all going to come together and we're finally going to get this whole KO, Sammy Zayn, best friends reunion and to take on the Usos at WrestleMania. How would you have Kevin Owens get in this mix? Like, how would you have him save Sammy? So, if if we all been watching, if we haven't been living under a rock for uh, for the coming weeks, you know, we all been seeing Kevin Owens. He's constantly walking out on Sami Zayn, saying, "Go back to your bloodline and whatnot." But I think finally he's going to come to his senses, and that Cody Rhodes is going to be the one to talk him into it. I feel like maybe that's the conversation that they were having backstage, and that he's going to he's going to finally come to his senses, and the Usos are going to be kicking his ass, and then Solo is going to come out and start beating up Cody Rhodes, and that's where you're going to finally have Kevin Owens coming for the save, and then you're going to get this big. A big reunion where Sammy and KO finally hug in the middle of the ring and it's going to have the crowd pop just tremendously. I can't wait for it to happen. Where are you? Where are you, Ivan? Yeah, there's got to be something about nipples being titillated and fucking (laughs) that's how I feel right now. J-Man netting out and Jizzamania Will fucking Gray (laughs) and chair shots and Allison what's up my people? What's up my people? And Devin saying streets it is decided with AEW being the minor leagues and Dylan, yeah, man, you're right. You are you are absolutely right. My last question to you before I swing it to my boys up there is this: We had the conversation the other day um, in our Twitter group. You know, me and Ritter were going back and forth with it. He was strongly, strongly of the idea that it should be Rhea Ripley and Charlotte in the main event of night one since she won the main event. Uh, or since she won the Royal Rumble, she should get the main event spot. Like, you know, two nights, now you get two winners. It, it, it does make sense. I said there's never been a tag team championship main event before at WrestleMania. There's never been a chance for two best friends to ever celebrate in the middle of the ring before while one wins the Grand Slam. You said this fucking deserves an Emmy. It deserves an Oscar. Obviously, it's an Emmy because it's the TV award. But, Father, give it a fucking Oscar, dude. Give it a motherfucking Golden, Golden Globe. Give it a fucking Academy Award. Give it fucking... An MTV fucking alien, dude. Give it a fucking, a fucking slammy, dude. Give it everything, bro. This is everything. This should main event both nights. Tag night one, fucking Cody. I'm sorry, Devin. Tag night one, the Usos go down at the hands of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Night two goes down at the hands of Cody Rhodes, dude. That's it. Bloodline crumbles. There we go. Or we get a match at Backlash where we get the six of them. Let's go. The six of them. Roman and the Usos against the champions. Cody, Kevin, and Sammy. Oh, my God. Now my nipples are fucking hard. My juices are titillated. Oh, in time, boys. Talk to me. All right, so I'll go first this time. I Here's the thing. Jay, when Jay was doing his whole conflicted thing, I kept saying, I don't get why the hell we're doing this. It's freaking obvious. There's no reason why Jay Uso should be conflicted. The only thing that should have happened after Rumble was while he was gone, all it should have been was Jay's going to be gone for a little bit. And then the minute that that, when we had the Elimination Chamber stuff, that should have been the turn right there. But you drug it out a little bit to fill in some time. Okay. Makes sense. Because all he had to think about was, 
why the hell would Jey Uso even just be conflicted in the first place? Again, the bloodline is family over everything right now. Straight up, all you get is, hands down, Jay disappears because he's embarrassed because he stuck his neck out for Sammy. And Sammy said, hell, that's not good enough for me. I don't even want to be bothered with this shit no more. There you go. That's all it had to be. I understand. Thousand percent. Makes all the sense in the world now. You get the turn on Raw. It's fantastic. Again, why? how the hell do we get Kevin Owens involved in here? I'll book it right now. I'll, I'll take the pencil. Ready for this? Here we go. You finally get a whole thing where Cody and Roman come face-to-face one more time with the bloodline out there. You get Sammy involved. Sammy comes out, jumps the Usos. They all get, and Roman, they all get the upper hand on Sammy. You cut a camera angle to the back where Cody's running to come out to make the save. And as he runs by, just Kevin Owens sitting there. He runs by, stops, turns back around and goes... You need to come out here and help us right now. The entire, like, you need to come out here and help us. He goes, I don't need to help anybody. And he goes, that is your best friend out there. And you're going to let him get stomped out? You need to get out there. And then Cody runs out there. Go make the save. Then we get an entire thing where now the bloodline is beating up on Kevin Owens, is beating up on Cody and Sammy. Kevin Owens' music plays, comes out to make the save. Bloodline gets chased off. Kevin goes to leave. Cody grabs him by the shirt and pulls him back in there and goes, we're not leaving here until you guys decide like fix this right now. Cody just backs away. You just see Sammy talking to Kevin Owens. You get Kevin Owens talking to him kind of a little bit, and then he just goes to walk away again. Cody grabs him, turns him back around. Sammy with his arms wide open, and Kevin just comes in with the embrace. Everybody grab your box of tissues. Everybody start crying. It's going to be a fantastic moment. I'm telling you. Right now, this whole story, it had its little twists and turns where it was like, okay, I don't get why we're going this route. But again, I didn't get the whole Jey Uso thing, why it needed to be a thing. I will take that. I'm glad I just got hired. Fantastic. I didn't get the Jey Uso thing. There was no reason why he should have been conflicted as long as he was, but I get it. You had to fill in a little bit of time to get closer to WrestleMania. That's fine. We got the turn. Now it's all we have to do is tell the story on how the hell to get Kevin Owens back involved in this. We get tag titles on night one, Cody night two, and I absolutely agree that tag team titles should be the main event because, yes, I understand where, where Ritter's coming from. Ray won the Royal Rumble. She should be main eventing WrestleMania. I understand. But I will tell you this right now. The Charlotte and Rhea Ripley freaking build right now sucks. It's absolutely ass. A thousand percent. You have the Bloodline feud, which is absolutely the biggest thing in the entire company right now. I don't care if it's the Royal Rumble or not. The big feud should main event the night. Hands down. Like, yes, the Royal Rumble makes sense. It's It should be your main event easily. But you have a story going on that is astronomically bigger than that right now. A tag team title match in the main event of WrestleMania is huge. So I would absolutely say go with 
the tag team titles on the main event of night one. With Kevin and Sammy taking those titles, you get Cody taking the titles at night two, and then later on down the line, give Roman a little time off, and hell, why don't we just have a six-person tag match at the next pay-per-view? Yes. Kevin, Cody, and Sammy versus the Bloodline. Yes. Sign me up. Hell, even if you want, eight-man tag. Involve Solo. Find somebody for Kevin and Sammy and Cody to team up with. You got something huge right there. Oh, God. You got uh, you got that guy who could potentially be coming back. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, my God. No, I won't say it. I won't say it just in case Ritter's listening. I don't want to upset him. <laughs> yeah, back that would be fucking awesome for sure. Yeah, the six, the three on three would be fucking so dope. Jeremy, what do you think, brother? Um, everyone's basically nailed it on the head. This has just been like master class of like acting, cinema, professional wrestling, everything you could possibly think of. It's every everything you could possibly hope of in this story has been executed to perfection by everyone involved. No, nobody has missed a beat. Cody, Kevin, Sammy, Roman, Usos, Solo, f- fucking Paul Heyman, everyone has hit it right on the head. Every single time they're given and told to do something, they have hit it with perfection. Every single time, out of the park, every single time. Yes, the tag team titles and the world title should main event night one and two of WrestleMania. I know the women's title should be because Ray won the Royal Rumble, but like my brother said, just to be frankly honest, it's it's not worth it. The, the, the build, everything, it's just not worth having that be the main event. That would be a complete and utter just downer of a main event for WrestleMania night one. I think so I'm going, too. I'm going to take the pencil from Justin real fast, and I'm going to make go. I'm going to make my booking for Kevin Owens a little bit more of a heartstring puller. Oh Jesus! So you have within like the, WrestleMania is three weeks away, right? So you have within the next like week or two, you have an announcement of Roman Reigns celebrating Jey Uso making the right decision. Sami Zayn goes up to Kevin Owens and goes. I'm going to do probably the stupidest thing. Me and Cody are going to go out there and we're going to tear down this celebration. I'm asking you one last time. Join us. Help, please. And Kevin's like, no, stop asking. Go back to your bloodline. So Sammy's like, I knew you were going to say that. So I have one thing to show you. And he pulls out a wedding photo. It's Kevin's wedding oh, photo. Hands it to Kevin and goes, he, go, he looks Kevin in the eye and goes, I wasn't at Roman's wedding. And turns around. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then every, every, every single segment they have backstage keeps showing Kevin Owens in the background, just staring at that photo, <laughs> staring every single time at that photo. Kevin Owens is staring. <laughs> And then they get to the wow. celebration. The two, Cody and Sammy, are getting their ass pummeled by everyone. Kevin Owens' music pops. They get the celebration. Oh my God. The actual celebration in the ring of 
Cody, Sammy, and KO, and KO and Sammy finally embracing, and KO's going, I'm sorry for being an asshole, but we're we're taking down this bloodline at WrestleMania. Oh, bit by bit. The three. My God. I didn't even think about the fucking wedding picture. Wow. That was compelling, bro. Wedding picture. And go, I wasn't at Roman's wedding. No. (laughs) Ridiculous. That was phenomenal. I love when you pick up the pencil. You boys over there have been fucking just shredding it with the pencil. It's too bad we just can't committee it right now because, goddamn. (laughs) Man, great topic, Dylan. Great conversation. Fellas, we got another one in us for sure. Justin, Jeremy, pick the topic. Do you guys need me to run them down one more time, or are you good? Uh, go one more. See if, so I can remember yep. what we got. So we got Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew for the Intercontinental title, or do we? MJF and his current reign moving forward. Damage Control versus Becky, Lita, and Trish. Why is that a six-woman? Why are the tag belts not involved? What the fuck? Is going on with Justin's favorite belts. You got the BCC and the Dark Order. Why the fuck is that still a thing in WrestleMania card? How are we feeling? We'll likely only get another topic, maybe two, probably just one in. So you boys make it count. Let's do Gunther. Let's do Gunther. Let's do Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. Let's do it. So... Hands down, I'm going to say this right now. The Fatal Five-Way on Friday was fucking awesome. The ending on how they got to it, though, was freaking stupid. You just had a random second referee show up and count a double pinfall because nothing like a little tension. Why not? Like, that to me was absolutely dumb. So now we're getting Drew and Sheamus one-on-one. Okay. I understand this now. Sheamus is going at Drew right now because Drew's handled, like, pretty much sticking his neck out saying, hey, I'm going for Gunther next. And Sheamus is still going, hey, I want my Grand Slam. I'm going to be the one to dethrone Gunther. Okay. Makes a whole lot of sense here. So now... The only thing that just kind of throws me off here on this whole situation is, so we're getting the one-on-one next week. What are you going to do then? Have another double pin? Why why didn't we just announce it as a triple threat? You should have just said it. There was no reason. Like, this is just, let's have a dope freaking Drew and Sheamus match to have a dope Drew and Sheamus match. And that's really about it. Like, unless you're going to get just a one-on-one between, which I honestly believe if you're going to have a one-on-one, it's going to be Drew and Gunther. Right. Which, again, that match would be, would bang and slap. But still, mm-hmm. like, I think Sheamus getting his Grand Slam at WrestleMania would be massive. I say you should have, like, I don't get why we had to add the little extra part in here. I am all for a triple threat, hands down. I just don't get why we got to go the stupid route with all this stuff. Like, now we're just filling in gaps here 
with a lot of nonsense. All you had to do was literally go, hey, we had a double pin. Guess what? Even though Gunther said opponent and opponents right now, there's only supposed to be one. All Adam Pierce had to say was, it's two people got the pin. That's it. Hands down, triple threat. There you go. Problem solved. Like, now we're just adding nonsense at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Jeremy, spin it, brother. Uh, I won't go long winded on this one. Uh, they could have avoided all of this shenanigans if they would have just booked a multi person ladder match. Because clearly, clearly, if they're this, they're making it a triple threat because they want to protect Gunther. It's obvious. So why don't you just ha- you could have just made another multi-person ladder match, or a multi-person ladder match in general, and had Gunther, Drew, Sheamus, Cross, L.A. Knight, Kofi, and Woods. If Kofi still got injured, you could put Madcap Moss in there. You could put uh, Ricochet, Strowman. You could put, you could have made a ten-person match, dude, and really yeah. like filled the fucking matchup. Yeah, exactly. It's been like a Money in the Bank match for the yeah. Championship, and it still would have protected Gunther because he's not taking a pin of any sort. He's not taking a loss. He's losing the title, but he's not losing directly. They, I don't, I don't know why every year it's so obvious that they could have made a mid-card title. Uh, mid-card title ladder match of some sort and they just avoid it every year. Some of the best matches on WrestleMania cards are the mid-card title ladder match that they've had. Like the one for the IC title that uh, uh, Daniel Bryan won or the one that Ryder won. Those Those are great fucking matches and they just keep avoiding it. And there's so many people that could have WrestleMania spots. Like everyone says, oh, you could, everyone's got to be on the WrestleMania card. Okay, then make a multi person ladder match for the mid card title, and then you wouldn't have to worry about people missing the WrestleMania card. But I guess that's just too hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could uh, deep dive in that, but before I do, Dylan, I want to hear what you have to say. Would you rather have been a triple threat? Would you rather be a ladder match? You know, we're getting to a triple threat match. So where would you prefer? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a triple threat, and I think this is the thing for Sheamus to get his moment, be a, a grand slam to win an Intercontinental Champion. But I think uh, Drew takes the pin at Mania for for it to happen and for Gunther to protect his his you know, legacy as you know, coming to the main roster. You know, he's been dominant since coming to the main roster, making that IC title very relevant. Something we haven't seen in the last few years, so it's awesome to finally see it happening. But uh, yeah, I, I think regardless what happens on SmackDown, I think uh, we get a triple threat. Some bullshit's going to happen during it. It's going to be a double disqualification, double countout, something like that. And Adam Pierce is going to have to make his decision to uh, make it a triple threat. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I originally thought that it would be a triple threat as well. I didn't think a ladder match. I didn't think you needed all these guys. I guess you could still do a Andre the Giant Battle Royal on the SmackDown before WrestleMania and get all these guys mixed in. You got a bunch of tag teams, Cross, Braun, Ricochet, Madcap, all these guys you just mentioned, LA Knight. You know, it's a shame to see those guys in that match. You could have ran an eight-person ladder match. Never thought about it. You could have ran a six-person ladder match by just having Imperium interfere in this match, lay everyone out. Didn't think about that. I'm not taking credit for that. That was all Bakley. 
I'll give him that. I, that was incredible. I was like, damn, what an idea. But instead, you got the double pin, which is cool, whatever. Uh, I know Justin doesn't like it, but I guess it moves you to next week. You got to tell stories, right? And then um, next week, you'll continue the story, right? And I, uh, if you listen to sports radio, you know what transitions are, right? As I said earlier, you know, I got a double header, all right? I got a wrestling show. I got a football show. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to transition my casual. You heard me talk about him all the time, my boy Streets. You saw him on Justin's birthday party. You see him on Roto Slappers all over the place right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network and Tim King show. But I wanted to transition him here as the casual fan. Bring him in. Say what's up to the people. Say what's up to the wrestling crowd. And we'll do our last topic. Now we're not going to talk about the WrestleMania card. We'll talk about two novice casual matches that it might appeal to streets and uh, streets. What the fuck is up, my brother? Good evening, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Having some fun? Love the passion. Yeah, good show. I don't know what anything you guys are talking about when you're talking about AEW, but it's still fun to watch. So I I told Tim. I told Tim in a private chat a while ago. I was like, man. These guys make me all want to watch AEW. Like, I might have to start just tuning into these shows and add another one on the list. Some of us do. Not all of us make you want to watch it. Some of us make you not want to watch it. (laughs) But if we're transitioning, we're going to Roto Slappers here at 8.30 Central Standard Time. Probably kick it off around 8.35, 8.40 Central Standard Time. We have the absolute latest. But we'll be doing our fantasy football 2020s rookie redraft. It's going to be fucking awesome. Can't wait. Streets. WrestleMania card. You got Logan Paul. You got John Cena. What do you think about these celebrities? I know John Cena's celebrity is funny, but what do you think about these celebrities coming back? Are you interested in WrestleMania this year? As a as the as the casual fan, yeah. I let, so it, I always get entertained by the by the old guys coming back when they just when even old ass NWO versus DX out there and walkers and canes trying to fake punch each other and stuff like, like I, that's entertaining to me. So yeah, if you, when you bring the old guys back, you mix a little bit of Logan Paul, who I dislike to be honest with you for the longest time, I would say uh, the whole fake fighting thing I told you about. And then he joined WWE and then I was blown away and I was like, Holy shit, dude's actually pretty good. And he's good on a mic. Entertaining. Um, I like bad bunny. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy the old timers, the big, big names that come back. I enjoy the celebrities. I enjoy. That's what I like about WrestleMania, right? It's casual. It's like the Super Bowl to me, and it's it's like the the pomp and circumstance that goes with it, and all the stuff. And uh, it's it's fun, and I get it though. So for people, all you guys that are hardcore wrestling fans, it's like, well, damn it. This guy is just getting pushed to the side. He deserves his moment on the biggest stage, probably, to make these kind of fans and stuff like that. But nobody knows who he is, like me. So I get it. I see both ways. But I do enjoy the the fireworks and all the shenanigans that go on with all the big names. Well, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And thanks for hopping on the last couple of minutes. Dylan, John Cena, Logan Paul. Cena in theory, Logan Paul and Seth freaking Rollins. Same brand, basically. What are your thoughts on these two matches, man? Are you interested? 
Oh, for sure. I'm 100% interested. Uh, Logan Paul, he came in for last year's Mania. He absolutely exceeded my expectations, teaming up with The Miz. He looked fantastic. He looks like a natural out there. And now he's going one-on-one with Seth Rollins, who, in in, in my opinion, is one of the best in the business right now. It's going to be a fantastic match. And and John Cena, you know, we kind of had our take on that. It shouldn't have been for a title. But I think this is the perfect opportunity for Theory to go over and to solidify himself as one of the top stars in the WWE. Does John Cena win and then Theory take it back the next night? Or you think Theory wins, gets the big one on the big no, stage? No, I think I think Theory wins, gets his moment at WrestleMania because he had the job out to uh, Pat McAfee last year. Yeah, <laughs> dig it, dig it. Boys, Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, both matches, I'm I'm expecting to really, really show out. Logan, Logan Paul, every time he shows up, it, it seems like he gets better for someone yep. who's literally three matches and having all three of those matches be against like top caliber, actually four matches if you're counting the WrestleMania match this year and all four of those matches being against high caliber people and like former WWE champions of all sorts with Ray and Miz and Roman and now Seth. It's, it's crazy how quick he's adapted to wrestling in general and how good he is so quickly and with cena well i i've for the longest time i was not a cena thing like cena was my most hated as a kid and now seeing him i'm like man i should have i i should have appreciated cena when he was around because seeing him now is a commodity like it, it is not a normal thing it's not a it's not a thing that comes around normal. It's just when he's here, it's special. It feels special every single time. And getting to see him wrestle is even more of a rarity. And now I I think that theory gets the win because it wouldn't really make sense for John Cena to win the US title. It just it just wouldn't. It just gives theory the big win at WrestleMania because he honestly needs something yeah yeah that's fair justin dude i'm excited for both matches i really am seth and logan paul first off i don't like logan paul as a person i think he's an absolute dick but when it comes to him in wwe dude i can't help but always give the guy praise i feel like just top-notch matches so far in his like first what three matches so far and he's absolutely killed it every single time. Now he's going in there with Seth and I expect nothing less but a freaking absolute classic between those two. I'm enjoying the feud, you know, Seth absolutely just ripping into Logan. Logan's been getting a lot of upper hands on like getting the upper hand on Seth multiple occasions like it's just been so good and Speaking of, like, good, like, just that one promo with Cena in theory. Holy shit. Cena fucking ripped him a new one. Like, I have always been a John Cena guy. He just, not seeing him just makes me freaking want to see more every time. I... Just the way he put it to to theory of, in the end, 
you lose no matter what. Either you get the win, and then you have to come out here in front of a freaking full crowd the night after WrestleMania and explain to them, like, everything. And I'm like, damn, that is fucking nuts listening to him say that. Like, either you're going to lose or you're going to lose. I'm like, Theory's got his back against the wall now. That man needs to absolutely bring 150% against John Cena at WrestleMania. And I honestly believe that he should get the win over Cena. But to be honest, like if Cena somehow did win the match, I don't think you really get a negative out of that. Because what? We get more Cena, A. B will probably get a hell of a lot more open challenges. And C, the United States title has the possibility of ending up on somebody right. that could freaking absolutely catapult them by beating John Cena. So either way, either Theory gets elevated or the, and the United States title gets elevated or somebody else gets elevated. So no matter what, you get a good thing out of this no matter what. So, again, I'm looking forward to seeing what those two matches have to, like, really give us. Like, I'm actually excited for WrestleMania as a whole. Like, minus Brock Lesnar and Omos, <laughs> I think the rest, the, the rest of that card right there, just, I'm so locked in for that WrestleMania this year. Yeah, bro. <clears throat> I'm still for WrestleMania. Don't even get me started on Brock Lesnar and Omos because I will stay here for 10 minutes and tell you why it's a good thing that it's on I'm the card. Why it's a good thing that it's occupying Brock Lesnar in a spot that he doesn't need to be elsewhere in. But I digress on that. Both matches are going to be great. That promo from Cena was awesome. Yeah, when Cena comes around once every year, it makes it feel so very special. Logan Paul. Damn, Streets will tell you, I fucking hated this guy. Hugely hated this guy. I have nothing but the utmost respect. That kid can go, go, go. And you know why? Because he works his fucking ass off for the industry that we all love. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. And that's all I got for you guys. Everything has been fucking thrown out of the ring. The Battle Royal is fucking over. What a show we had tonight. Dylan, thank you for making your... Well, I guess actually both of you guys down there too. You're no Justin was on it. Dylan and Jeremy, thank you guys for making your Bloodline Entertainment Network debuts. And thank you for coming back onto the Tim King show. Dylan, can you let the people know where they can find you? For sure. As you can see on the screen, you can find my personal account at Dylan Abair underscore. My podcast, World Elite Podcast, is on Twitter at World Elite Pod. We do live streams every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we talk certain topics every week. We don't necessarily recap all the shows. We just uh, pick something that comes up in the wrestling news, something interesting that happens on the shows and whatnot. And we usually go about an hour just talking some bullshit. We go off the rails multiple times, mainly Marcus that's doing it, but it's 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 whatever. It's, it's always a fun time with Marcus and whatnot, but uh, you can always uh, tune in on there. And uh, Tim, this was an absolute blast. Uh, Streets, you know, finally getting to uh, see you on a stream for the first time ever. Uh, Justin, Jeremy, always, always a, a pleasure. Tim, you ever want me back on, come talk some wrestling, some sports and whatnot. You know where to find me. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm glad I asked, dude. I had a really good time talking with you tonight. 
boys, sure. Justin, Jeremy, only on Twitter. Where can the people find you? Only on Twitter. Not Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me only on Twitter at Justin Time 211. In Time Wrestling Podcast on pretty much almost every platform. Go find it. Give it a listen. Yes, it's a lot. Of, it's going to have to go old episodes for now because, again, podcasts have been on a really long hiatus. But again, I will tell you multiple times and I will continuously say it over and over again. We are not done. We will be back. And that is an absolute guarantee. Hell yeah. Fucking promise, baby. Yes, it is Streets, do you want to tell the people where they can find you right quick? Sure. At Streetsathon Twitter. That's the best route to probably do so. Uh, so, yeah, at Streetsathon. Get ready for some fun videos. He's a Twitter-only guy. The first transition we've ever done. This was fun. We always listen to it on the radio, the transition from show to show. We got to do a show-to-show transition. God, this was an absolute blast talking wrestling. First and foremost, the housekeeping, the Tim King Show, obviously the Tim King Show, all major audio platforms, all major social media by checking out the Tim King Show. But as I say, it ain't about the motherfucking Tim King Show. I really don't care about the Tim King Show. I care about one thing and one thing only, the Bloodline Entertainment Network, right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, YouTube, all major social social media platforms, all major audio platforms, the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Find us on social media, like I said, the Bloodline E. N-T. You see what I did there? You guys know exactly what I did there. All right? <laughs> to everyone who tuned in, to everyone who's going to watch, to all of my Bloodline brothers, I appreciate you guys all so very much. Tune up. Check. Oh, fuck. Like and subscribe. I never do the like and subscribe. I always fuck that up. Like and subscribe. Like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Throw your motherfucking ones up. Come back at 830 for Roto Slappers. We out. Tim might die today.